Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to the first ever Billboard on Broadway podcast. Hooray! Um, like any good theater nerd, I am suppressing my urge right now to burst into my best rendition of Vilkomen from Cabaret. Um, so I will just say I am your host. Uh, my name is Rebecca Millsoff. I'm a senior editor at Billboard. Um, and I'm a music journalist, but I've also been writing about theater for over 10 years. And to call me a big theater fan would be the understatement of the year. Uh, to give you a little background on my own Broadway experience, uh, my first ever Broadway show was The Secret Garden, which, of course, introduced me to the wonderful world of Mandy Patinkin, uh, a pivotal moment in anyone's life. Uh, and my first ever real professional writing assignment was a review of Rent when the national tour came to Hartford, Connecticut, uh, which I did because, like any self-respecting Rent fan, I thought no one was qualified to write about Rent except for me. Uh, so most of you, if you're, you know, sentient human beings at this point, have probably heard of this show called Hamilton. Uh, but way before Hamilton, the sound of pop music has been a big part of the most inventive musical theater out there. And it's going to be even more so for a long time going forward. Uh, some of you may know about a new musical called Dear Evan Hansen. And just last week, the original cast recording of Dear Evan Hansen, um, which you should totally look up on Spotify right now. It's amazing to rock out to in the private room of your choice. Um, had the highest debut on the Billboard 200 since 1961. Uh, it dropped at number eight. And yes, that was even better than Hamilton. It's possible. Uh, so to me, that is really incredible uh, proof of the fact that there is this huge overlap now and certainly a lot more going forward is going to happen between musical theater and pop music. So on this podcast each week, I'm going to share some stories and interview some really great theater people um, and hopefully illuminate a little bit for all of you how much I see theater and the worlds of pop music and pop culture uh, have in common right now. So I'm here for you if you're a big musical theater fan. I'm here for you if you saw Hamilton and maybe you're a little more interested in it now. And I'm here for you if you think theater was never for you, but you're open-minded. Um, and you should be. So to kick things off uh, on this first podcast, um, I want to start talking about a lady who uh, is one of the very small group of pop artists through the years who actually deserves the iconic label. Uh, and she just turned 75, uh, Carol King. 
Um, I'm sure many of you who know Carol King remember your first Carol King memory. Uh, I definitely know mine. Um, I was in sixth grade and I had to put together a book of poetry, except it was all other people's poetry, which now seems like a strange assignment for children. But uh, I remember my mom telling me, you know, music is like poetry. Um, and she suggested I look at this album Tapestry in her record collection. Uh, now, I am far from the first person to have a life-changing tapestry moment, so I am not claiming originality here. But uh, I basically just wanted to put all the lyrics from tapestry into my book and like recreate tapestry for my sixth grade teacher. Um, and, you know, I think we all know Carol King is a poet. She's a gifted songwriter. She's so relatable and kind of this, you know, earthy, regular gal figure, no matter how you discover her. Um, and she was definitely, for me, uh, sort of a gateway singer um, before I got into sort of confessional pop singer songwriters like Tori Amos and Fiona Apple and Liz Fair. Uh, in sort of the couple of years after that, um, I'm sure it was in large part because I heard Carole King first. So... Cutting to 2014, uh, this musical called Beautiful, the Carol King musical, lets you know exactly what it is, um, opened on Broadway. And it was reviewed really well. It won a couple Tonys. Um, it has a national tour ongoing now. It's still going strong on Broadway. It's crazy. If you walk past the theater, you see people waiting outside of it on weekends. Um, and it went on to win the Grammy for uh, Best Original Cast Recording in 2015. Um, but why is it actually a good musical? You know, as... Many of us know from experience the idea of a quote-unquote jukebox musical where an artist canon is used uh, to put a show together doesn't always result in something that's really compelling on stage. Uh, plenty of us know that Carole King's music is great, but that doesn't guarantee that the musical isn't going to be boring. Uh, so why is Beautiful such a compelling show? Um, it's the story of Carol. It's the story of her and her collaborator and uh, eventually her husband, Jerry Goffin, and how they kind of started to find success together in New York as songwriters. It's really sort of the beginning of the Carol King story. And that's what drives the show and really what drives her best songs, too. They're story songs. They are self-contained stories. They genuinely come from what she was living at the time. And that's, you know, a big part of why we all love her. And just like a great song you hear uh, when you see the show, uh, I think that's what makes it compelling. Um, so my first guests on the podcast are Chilena Kennedy and Jake Epstein, uh, who came by the Billboard office recently to perform in our Pre-Tonys Live series, which I encourage all of you to check out on the Billboard Facebook page. Uh, Chilena is playing Carol, and Jake originated the role of Jerry. Uh, and we were lucky to chat with both of them before their upcoming final performances uh, in early March. And here's my conversation with Chilena and Jake. So we just heard this amazing performance for you guys. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, first, for anyone who's seen the musical, who hasn't seen the musical yet, can you tell us a little bit about what they'll see in it of Carol King and Jerry Goffin's life? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> hey, for, we're, this is the first podcast you've done, right? Yes. So yeah. we're, we just want to take a moment yeah. to be like, thanks for thanks asking for us to us. be the first. That's yeah, pretty that's cool. Exciting. Yay, Broadway. Um, Yay, Broadway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the, the show starts out with, um, you know, the story of, of Carol at 16 and how she meets Jerry Goffin at Queens College and the beginning of their their uh, collaboration. 
their collaborative life together in yeah, terms of songwriting. You know, everyone knows Carol. A lot of people know Carol King. Um, a lot of people don't know that she wrote before she became a solo artist. She wrote songs for famous acts at the time: the Shirelles, the Drifters. Um, she wrote um, uh, the Locomotion um, for Little Eva and. Um, and Jerry Goffin was her first husband and lyricist. And so the bulk of the story actually is about their uh, uh, troubling, difficult, and wonderful collaboration and, and uh, relationship. And their love story. It really is, you know, a big love story. It's a musical love story, but it's also a, a love story between these two characters. Yeah, and that's and what I think makes it so beautiful. Yes. That ends the title. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then, and then uh, yeah, and, then, and, and, yeah, and you see Carol, like, become Carol King. Like, you see, like, how she kind of found her voice and... Yeah. And, uh, I always yeah. say it's chapter one in the life of Carol King too. Carol King has had a, an amazing life, you know, very full life, and you know this is sort of leading up to Tapestry. So it's it's a lot of what people don't know about those early days and how those songs came to be. You know what we all know as you know, oh the big you know Drifters hit or you know the Aretha, mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin hit or the James Taylor hit. <laughs> and I was gonna say too that I didn't I didn't realize, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't realize that Jerry sang as well. And that I, I found these like old YouTube videos of him singing like he's, demos. Yeah, and he's he got has sort of a this, Bob Dylan thing going on. He has like <laughs> this sort of old doo-wop singer kind of voice. Yeah. I was like, is that, could that really be him? I the think, voice doesn't know, seem to I, match he the did person. Re- I think he did release a few albums, but I think a lot of it was him just putting a voice on a demo. Yeah. Like, you know, singing in the style of some famous artist that he uh-huh. wanted to record his song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know they released a lot of those demos recently, which is pretty cool. It's it's a fun little YouTube rabbit hole to go down if anybody wants to just Google Jerry Goffin and see what happens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, you know, the, this show has been immensely successful. It's been on Broadway since 2013. The cast album won a Grammy Award. The show won two Tony Awards, one of which was for sound design, which I feel is like so important in a show, especially like this. Yes. It's like, it's like one of those unsung awards. We were the last, you know, they took the sound design award out of the Tonys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were and the there last. there was major backlash to yes, that. Yes, yeah. and the sound design, like, makes the show and makes a lot of shows. So we mm. were all very, like, strongly advocating for putting that award back in. But, yeah, the show won for sound design. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's it's especially rare for a show that is, you know, a really well-known pop singer songbook to be so successful on its own. I mean, when you two, first of all, I want to know when you auditioned, did you sing Carol King songs or what were your audition songs for the show? Do you remember? Uh, yeah. I just went right in singing Carol King tunes. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember. It was a, it was a while ago. Uh, um, I think I actually had a. I think I might have had a James Taylor song prepared. I might have sang a little part of it, and then I think I sang. Yeah, I think it was "Up on the Roof" was the audition song. Yeah. And you know what else I wanted to say too? Like I always describe this this show to people. It's it's not really a jukebox musical. It's more like a play with music. You actually get to hear the songs as they are being created a lot of the time. And it's and a lot of it takes place like in actual, you know, right now time, you know, like they're being created right in front of you. Mm-hmm. No, which I think is part of its success as well. Yeah. Um, when, when you go into playing real life people, I feel like for an actor, that's always a challenge. What was each of your approaches to, you know, not just doing a Carol King impersonation and just, you know, really embodying her spirit, embodying Jerry's spirit, which obviously you had a little less material to go on, I would think. 
Oh, but also, you know, Carol, Carol King is very private. You can't, you know, there's not a ton of interviews that you can find online. There's not a lot of, uh, fortunately, she's written an autobiography. Um, so I was able to read that. And I watched as much as I could. And, you know, I listened and, and watched a lot of the material that the director sent me. There are a lot of these great kind of, um, like the, the, the demos, you know, that have been released um, of Carol singing a lot of these songs, like Take Good Care of My Baby, um, some of these lesser known songs. So I listened to a lot of versions of her singing the, those songs to get some, you know, some other versions in my head other than tapestry um but you know there's a couple of things about these characters that are really that hit the mark for me in terms of who they are as people i mean and like you said and we don't want to do saturday night live <laughs> versions of you know <laughs> these characters these characters but we want to you know kind of make them live through us um so that's kind of the best way that i i found to do it yeah for i i had an, an easier job in some respects because um because jerry goffin uh people don't know what he sounds like necessarily people know his work um and so for me it wasn't as necessary to like do it sort of a any kind of imitation of jerry's voice or you know what i mean it was to find the spirit of jerry um and um yeah through carol's autobiography and through a lot of his lyrics just the kind of person that would write I, I just find it so fascinating that Jerry wrote these these female empowerment anthems. He wrote the lyrics yeah, to yeah. Natural Woman. He wrote the lyrics to Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow. Like, I mean, isn't that amazing? I always love that. Yeah, he was an early feminist and he was. Music. He absolutely That's was. Awesome. And like had this keen insight into into people. And um, so yeah, so I think that that informed uh, how I created the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was. Is there some kind of Carol King boot camp you have to kind of go through to be in this show? Did you have to do a lot of deep research? Or I know a lot of actors will take the opposite approach and just be like, I want to come into this clean. How did you uh, kind of I mean, prepare? I'm always a bit method. Like, I, I spent about six months really in depth, you know, <laughs> and like brushing up on my piano skills and, you know, really watching everything that I could and listening to, I literally listened to Tapestry maybe like three times a day for months before I you know, came to do the show. That's, that's a lot. And also, too, I think, you know, because, you know, the voice is a really delicate thing. Like, I was singing Mary Poppins. Uh, I did a run of Mary Poppins before I came to do Carol King, which is entirely different Pretty for different, the voice. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to kind of place it in the in the world that it's going to be in, you know? And it's, uh-huh. it always it takes a couple months for your voice to kind of fit into the where you're trying to put it, you know, to, to sing a role. Mm-hmm. It takes a while. Yeah, I was doing Spider-Man. I was playing Spider-Man before I went into Beautiful. <laughs> so that was, like, a funny switch of... Uh, physicality and, and uh, vocals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for... This I, isn't really you two, I guess. <laughs> this, exactly, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to originate the part. Um, uh, and so, cre- I, I'd never been part of a new musical like this on this kind of scale. And so, and I got to be part of the final reading for it. So kind of being part of the development, having tons of conversations with Doug McGrath, who wrote the, the book, um, which was nominated for a Tony Award. And I think he did amazing work. And so it became, like, like Shalina said, it's a play with music. It became less and less about trying to tell the Carol King story and like, what is this story? What is this play? Who are our characters? You know, what, what is our, who are our relationships deepening that? Um, and so, yeah, so dramaturgically, like just being part of this whole thing has been uh, mm-hmm. amazing for me. I was going to say that both of you have background having been in kind of more rock pop feeling musicals before this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. As well, you were in Jesus Christ Superstar. I know I saw you in it. And Spider-Man is its own universe as well. Yes, we'll leave it at that. Um, yes, indeed. Yes. Um, I actually saw Spider-Man twice, and I enjoyed it. So, you know, it made a will, lot of people. It made it. a lot of people really happy. It's it was I'm like glad a, you survived. The we've Shalina and I have each done pantomimes, and we're each from Canada. We're each from Toronto. Funny oh enough, my God. Yeah. playing uh, Brooklyn Jews on Broadway together. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like Spider Man for me was like a it was like a pantomime. Like it was comedy, and you know what I mean. We like boo the villain and cheer the hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a I had there a are ball, masks involved. I mean, it. my it mom was, was very happy when I left the show, but it was you know I had a blast. <laughs> Un- unharmed um well yeah i was gonna say i mean do you both feel like very comfortable singing in that kind of rock pop idiom is it what feels like natural for your voice you know what's really ironic is that when i was in college i, f- I almost failed my pop rock class like i literally got i think a c minus wait there's a pop, pop rock class yeah oh yeah and i was uh, poops I mcgee take, i was I terrible i want to know what pop <laughs> rock so class badly. is like well you know what because c- i was minus not I was rocking hard enough. i was definitely not rocking at all because i mean i was classically trained in all ways ballet you know piano um, voice so I was this little soprano who was you know <laughs> classically trained in all forms and learning how to kind of start to express myself so I was really bad at it when I started off and then I you know it's funny actually Mamma Mia was my first breakthrough into sort of more poppy kind of vocals and from that I just you know I love a challenge I think you know you only grow when you're really challenged by something if you're bad at something and you learn how to get better at it and then it became this thing that I love to do I went from you know classical soprano to yeah, rock out, girl. Well, you have like such an earthy <laughs> voice too, which is nice. It's funny to think of you as like trilling. <laughs> well, yeah, it's weird. It's funny. I guess we can, you know, our voices can do a lot more than we think they can. It's just a matter of like, you know, giving giving ourselves a chance to be more than we think we can be. I I was never trained vocally. I sang in rock bands uh, growing up and went to a theater school. And uh, it was so cool. Yeah, and I, I auditioned for Spring Awakening way back in the day and was very close to to replacing Jonathan Groff on Broadway and didn't get the part. And they basically said like, go take some some singing lessons because you you know you sing in bands and that's awesome. But you, you know, so I did and came back and ended up getting the tour. And that was so I kind of learned as I go. Like I I. I've sort of had the opposite thing. I have no training and have just kind of done it. And funny enough, uh, singing the Jerry songs, because like he always talks about he loves like Cole Porter and Gershwin. I, I, I sing it. I try to sing it classically, actually, because I think that's how that's how he like interpreted the songs. That's how, uh-huh. he would, you know, that's interesting. I was going to say, like, what is the sort of most surprising thing that each of you has learned about like Carol and Jerry as you've gone along with the show? Um. When uh, the first time we got to meet Carol, when she came into a rehearsal, and this was at the point when she didn't want she didn't want to have anything to do with the show because mm-hmm. it was, was quite painful for her the the story. She gave the green light for it to go ahead, but she didn't want to be part of it. Um, she came in, and the first thing she said was, "Who's playing Jerry?" 
And I was like, huh? I like put up my hand. <laughs> and she was like, don't make him the villain. Uh, you know, the play, he's the antagonist. He does a, lo- a lot of wrong things. But if you can do anything for me, don't make him the villain. So I took that, I took that to heart. Um, because Jerry is troubled. Uh, he's very troubled in the story. And I, without sort of spoiling anything, um, there's a lot going on with him. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've taken that to heart and, and he, he, he passed away actually while I was, while I was playing the part in the first year. And so I found that really, uh, yeah, really, uh, difficult and, and also uh, special to be, to be, you know, playing this guy while, you know, while he wasn't here anymore. And so, uh, yeah, I always, it's sort of a, a, a tribute to him and, um, I, uh, what I what I find so amazing about uh, Jerry is that he he wanted in this show like he wanted his story of sort of failing Carol he wanted it to be told like he was like well I you know I did the wrong thing people should know that you know like that that was literally his personality and every time he saw Carol apparently to this day um, he was like I'm so sorry like every time he's here you know? <laughs> it's so touching though because their relationship was is so beautiful like she she still has so many positive things to say about him and she mm-hmm. she she has so much respect for him and like every time I have a friend who works with her um, and every time she gets up on stage and if there isn't credit given to Jerry she stops and she says I just want you all to know this is not just my song the words are written by Jerry Goffin yeah. she's always very you know yeah. she's always giving kudos and respect out to the band members and to Jerry yeah absolutely yeah that's incredible yeah I was gonna say you must have been in the show the night that she surprised everyone in the audience yeah. right oh what yeah was that there's, night like? there's a hilarious clip on YouTube of her showing up everyone is crying on stage and I'm just laughing because it's sort of so <laughs> I'm like this is this is crazy like Carol King is now on stage after doing the Carol King musical yeah um yeah it was you know again after months of her not wanting to be part of it I think because the the show became such a hit mm-hmm. and it actually was such a joyful story um despite this painful thing <clears throat> her, despite her, her her painful story it actually gave, gave people so much joy so I think people convinced her to come and see it and she saw it and just just loved it and was immediately so proud of it mm-hmm. and so yeah she came on stage surprised us after the show surprised the audience and raised like thirty thousand dollars for charity um, like said, I'll sing any song you want. So she's saying, you've got a friend. Um, ten people put up $10,000. And yeah, it was, that was just an amazing night. Incredible. Yeah. And you've, it sounds like you've sort of been back and forth with her multiple times. Well, yeah, she, she, she surprised uh, me when I first started in the show. Um, so after that, you know, that night that Jake was describing, she, um, I found an email in my inbox uh, just shortly after I started the show. And she was like, oh, I hear you're great at the show. I'm going to come see you. Do you want to know when I'm coming? And I was like, dear Miss King, please do not tell me when you're coming because I will be, you know, I'll fall over. I'll yeah. be so oh nervous. Oh, my God, of course. <laughs> so she <laughs> laughed. She, Thanks, but so of course she, I wouldn't want to know like, she's there. You know, like she, with a smiley face, she's like, okay, no problem. I won't tell you when I'm coming. It'll be sometime in April. So anyway, then, of course, the guy who was playing Jerry at the time, Scott, kept teasing me every night. And anytime there was any kind of commotion in the audience, he's like, Carol King's here, and I would have a heart attack. But anyway, she ended up surprising me, and it was fantastic. And then we ended up doing the Today Show together, and then last year we did the Kennedy Center Honors, and I got to play her. And see, I mean, I've gotten mm-hmm. to meet her a bunch times it's been fantastic I mean I remember like when I got the offer I was like oh my gosh if I get to meet Carol King that will be like yeah, such an same, amazing thing like that alone was the coolest part of it and oh my god to, like, I might get to meet her, Carol King yeah. Yeah. she seems like she would be a total delight she, she's like everyone's yeah. Jewish aunt yes. like she's just <laughs> lovely that she's there's nothing 
sort of famous ab- about her. She's just like a real person. that's what makes her so person. great. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, and she's so generous. Like, she's so generous yeah. to everybody. She really is everything that, you know, you think and more. Which is nice to know about your idols from growing up. I mean, you've had a different Jerry and you've had a different Carol. Like, what is it like having to form this, like, very strong bond on stage together and having done it with different people? Immediate trust. We found each other. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're taking the show on the road. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, it is though, it is immediate trust. I mean, it's funny because like being an actor, you know, you have to form these relationships immediately. You know, husband, wife, brother, sister, mother, son, you know, child, mother, whatever it is. Like it's, you got to kind of learn how to open yourself up and really, you know, give to each other right away. And so it takes, you know, it takes a special person to be able to, it takes a lot of trust uh, to be able to do that with somebody. Yeah, I've, yeah, I think it might be something to do with the fact we came from the same place mm-hmm. but there's like yeah we just started and it was just immediately so fun and easy and different every night and yeah just been just been yeah the best doing it with this with this one over here yeah and I feel the same right. and I mean and I mean sorry not to go off too much on a tangent but I, I always feel so strongly that you know there is never no one person is ever responsible for a show or for a performance like everything that is magical about theater happens between two people and and there is a, a really um, there's a real give and take and it's a it's a very you know without being too precious about it it is precious and it is beautiful and it's delicate and you've got to take care of it and I always feel very taken care of by Jake that's mm-hmm. nice that's really nice Aww. thing to say oh it's all like there's you know I know it's it's pretend right it's fake right but eight times we do the show eight times a week there's no faking it after a certain point. Like there is this reality of you when you like someone, when you like working with someone. It's so evident. Like it just it just ugh. comes out organically. Yeah. 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 Aww, that's so nice. So, yeah. Um, I to rewind a minute. I would love to hear about your rock band. That you so would I. <laughs> I, I, I. Let's hear um, a little more about that. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's there's like there's a few. There's a few. What were their names and what did you do? There. I suppose it's a little embarrassing. I don't, know if the, I don't know if the names are a bit embarrassed. I was in a band called Mind the Gap. <laughs> Mind the Gap? Mind the Gap. Okay. Mind the Gap. Amazing. Which was taken from like a trip to like London. And there was like the, you know, the subway there or yes, something. Yes, yes. Before every show we had this recording of like Mind the Gap. And then we'd like, <laughs> anyway, we, we, would, um, we would play church wow. basements in high school. Okay. Um, before we were, you know, we couldn't get into a club, right? So we would pack church basements with with people and and write songs um i was in a i was in a uh, a cover band called funkasaurus rex i played the drums <laughs> in that band okay yeah, for real yes some genius came up with that yeah and then uh yeah it was I, I i was on this tv show called degrassi when i was younger yes and um what was so cool is that they they wanted uh songs for the character like kind of you know high school band songs and the music guy was like, I know you write songs. Do you want to just write all the music for the for all the, all the bands? And I was like, sure. Like I didn't even think twice about it. Amazing. He didn't have to do that at all. So I so I would write. So as a, as a, in high school, I was like writing music for this show. That's so what a yeah. Great, so weird I just, training. I know. I know. Absolutely. I also I'm the one weird person who was not a Degrassi obsessive. Did you and Drake cross over at all? Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Tell us everything. <laughs> At Billboard, we Tell need everything. To know, discuss, like, every discuss, single thing that Drake. Drake does. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, he, yeah, he's like, it's so funny that you say he's Drake because his his name's Aubrey, right? That's how that's how we know. 
that's how we know him, you know? Yeah, we like to call him Aubrey when we're talking about him seriously. So right. Yes, fine. yes. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like good, great guy. Like great guy and yeah, we it's funny cuz on the show he would he would be writing like rap and I was like writing like <laughs> rock. <laughs> and it was like I don't know. We would we we'd like go off in corners and like write music and like joke about that. But no, he was he's like great guy and pretty amazing uh, success story right there. And you're in very different places now, but both doing music, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so funny. So, do you when you're outside the theater, do you need a little Carol King break? Like, what kind of music do you guys like listening to when you're not on stage? I'm going through a big. Uh, a big sort of folk, like indie folk <laughs> kind of period in my life. So, Yeah, just gangster oh. rap for me. <laughs> Nothing I'm but kidding. gangster no, no, rap I, all uh, the time. I just like <laughs> pass his dressing room. It's just like <laughs> rap. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Not I, that there would be anything wrong with that. That's great. No, That's I mean, cool. it's, it's fu- like I grew up with folk music. Like I had hippie parents and I, and you know, I, I love this music. Like this, you know, even though I was not born in the same generation. I love like Paul Simon and James Taylor and Carol King. And mm-hmm. so I do, I do listen to, to all that, that stuff all the time. But yeah, we, we, we put Carol on pause sometimes cause we hear those songs quite a bit. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. Well, I'll let you guys go and chill before your show tonight, but um, thank you so much for coming in and beautiful. I have to say, I've walked past your theater a few times on the weekend recently and they're like early in the morning. There are people outside waiting to, buy tickets which is such a like encouraging and like gay broadway such a lovely kind thing. of three thing years to say three years too, into right? a run pretty, that's yeah. pretty incredible yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 we're very um, lovely. very grateful yeah. yeah yeah cool well thanks for coming in thanks, thanks for having, for having us. us yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. bye 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 will you still love me tomorrow Thanks again for listening to Billboard on Broadway, everyone. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes. I want to give a quick shout out to our theme music, which comes from the musical Spring Awakening, which many of you may know and love. If not, check it out. Uh, And please tune in again soon. We're hurtling towards Tony season. We've got lots of exciting guests coming up in the uh, coming weeks. And to keep up to date on both the podcast and musical theater news, Uh, Please check out Billboard's Broadway Vertical at billboard.com slash Broadway. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.